You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good evening, this is Love Sport Radio, three minutes past seven across London. My name's Aaron Paul, starting to talk all things West Ham United with James Jones from West Ham World. James, evening, pal. Evening, how are we? Yeah, not bad, mate. And we're also joined by Frankie Levin of uh, Hammers Chat. Hey, Dan. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. You? Yeah, not bad, not bad, pal. James, question. We've known each other now for a few months. When are we actually going to have a show where we're like, yeah, that was really good? Um, hopefully next week, but we've been saying that for a while now. I, well, we expected it to be good, didn't we? We expected it to be good at the beginning of the season, and then the season started, and West Ham just went back to just being West Ham, didn't they? Just seems we just can't do anything right. Did we expect too much? Because last week we were sitting there going, you know what, they have to beat Bournemouth, they have to turn it on yeah. against Bournemouth, it has to be done properly. We, you know, I, I don't know, maybe we expected too much, maybe the fans are expecting too much of Manuel Pellegrini on a whole initially or to start. What, 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 what do you think? No, li- listen, it's, it's still early days. Um, we should. I mean, we should have beaten Bournemouth at the weekend. But, you know, you could tell in that performance that the ta- still trying to work out his strongest 11 tactically. It was the first time he played 4-4-2. So, I mean, it was new to the players as well. So, I think it's still t- at very early days. We have got a tough run of fixtures coming up. But I, I don't think we can we can panic like we have done in the past. I think we just need to give hit a Pellegrini. We need to give the, the team time. And just, just trust it's, that it's going to work itself out. And I, I still have every, every belief that it will do. Frankie... Um- um, there's small signs that something positive is sort of stirring at the London Stadium, but ultimately it's the same old thing, the same old result, and 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 just a bad taste of the West Ham fans. Yeah, I think defensively again uh, we're all over the shop um, to let Callum Wilson go through on that goal, went through four players like they were not, not even there. But like we said before, in the first half we did look all right. There was glimpses of what we did, we could do. Um, we played some nice football, but it is going to be. It's, it is early days. It's going to be difficult to judge him after two games. Yeah. Um, sort of judge him after nine, ten games after he's sort of figured out his best eleven. I think. I think the main problem we've got at the moment is that because we bought so many, so many players at once this summer. You know, the likes of Felipe Anderson, Yarmolenko's not started yet. Um, Perez only got what ten minutes at, at the weekend. Um, 
Wilshire, okay, Wilshire was probably our best player of the week um, on on Saturday, but a lot of these players are still trying to trying to settle. Anderson's come over from Italy. He's obviously taken a little bit of time. He's got to get used to the pace of the Premier League. There were times when he showed a, a, a few glimpses of um, what what forty odd million quid gets you, but at the same time, he looked a little bit out of sorts. So we need to give players like that a little bit more time than, than just two games. Particularly when one of those games, don't forget, was on the first day of the season away at Liverpool, when Liverpool are, are, are always going to be on top of you and always going to be rampant. So as Frankie said, after ten games, if we're still in a lot of trouble, then I think that's when you can that's when you can start going. Hang on, have we made the right decision? Have we have we, have we bought well? Is Pellegrini the right man? But at the moment, you know, all it take all it will take is a win against Arsenal, when suddenly everyone's jumping about and everyone's happy. So, tell me about the squad selection, though. No, uh, Fredericks, no, uh, Mikel Antonio, either, no Declan Rice. Was that change of shape? What was it? Well, I thought that, I think it was a tactical change, but something I sort of disagreed with. I thought taking Rice out completely after one disappointing first half performance against Liverpool is not going to do the best to his confidence, mm. and. A lot of fans are now going to say put let, put Declan Rice back in straight away. So it's a difficult one with Declan Rice. He's still only 19. We've got to remember that. We don't want to rush him into it too early. Although he did play a lot of games last season, he does need time to progress as a footballer. Um, I don't. Again, Pellegrini doesn't know who his best 11 are yet. He's still trying to figure it out himself. Uh, we've got a, a lot of young players come in. We've got Diop. He's only 21 at the back. We've got Reece Oxford. who just said he wants to stay, and he's only 19. So. It's going to be difficult for that one. Uh, Fredericks coming in, he did have a poor game against Liverpool, but then again, leaving him out completely is sort of a dent of a confidence and not mm. something I would have done straight away. I was about to say, that's going to shoot Ryan Fredericks' confidence down, isn't it? Yeah. Especially that- London Stadium, it's a different pitch to Liverpool. Exactly. You know, it's expansive, it's the opportunity for him to really run at someone. I expected he would have done well something like that. I would have started him again. I mean, you know what you're going to get with Zabaleta, and everyone trusts Zabaleta to, to have a good game whenever he plays, but I, I thought. I, I expected Fredericks to start because the way Pellegrini likes to play, he likes you know a bit of pace down you know down the flanks, and that's what he would have offered. Um, Zabaleta doesn't offer that at all, so I think it, I, I'd like to think that there was a reason, like a, an actual pro- like proper reason, like a little niggling injury or something. But to leave like, three of those players, um, all three of which had bad games against Liverpool, completely out of the match day squad, that's a real bold move to make. Uh, and I know that Perez and Sanchez came straight in onto the bench, so you know there's players to fill there. But it's 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 a weird one. It, it makes you wonder what, whether they'll come back in for the Arsenal game. And then again, that's strange because you know you've, take, you've taken them out for a bad game against Liverpool and then put going to put them straight back in against Arsenal, which is again strange. But no one really knows what Pellegrini's going to up to. As we said before, he's he's still trying to work out his strongest team and arguably his his best formation as well. So. I mean, plenty of uh, plenty of chat about the new signings and Felipe Anderson. A mixture of views for him. Some people saying he looks like a shadow of a player worth forty million pounds. It's too early to judge him, though, isn't it? Yeah, like I said, you know, he, he barely speaks the language. He had he had an okay preseason, but again, you can still you could tell by like part part of the game at the weekend that he was he's still trying to settle in. Um, he's still trying to get used to the pace of the Premier League. He's still trying to get used to his teammates. And again, it's a different formation, a formation we didn't play in his pre-season. So again, he's trying to get used to that. Um, but he did show glimpses of brilliance. You know, when he got on the ball, he looked, he looked quite good. I just felt off the ball, he, he might have looked a little bit out of sorts, a little bit lazy at times. But Yeah, I think pretty much said all that. Uh, in final third, I thought that's where he was most disappointing. But we did get the ball out to him quite a lot in wide areas, but he just kept cutting back in or coming backwards. Maybe a lack of confidence, like you said. He is mm-hmm. just adjusting, he's settling in. Maybe give him a few games after he gets a goal. It might be like what we saw of Arnautovic. He might go on a really good run. We might see him pretty much lighting up the Premier League from four West Ham. So you've got to give someone like that time. We can't just judge judge him after two games. Like mm. We've asked for a £40 million player for so long. We've got it. We've got to give him time to settle in, just see how it goes from there. Yeah, we might we might learn that he's, he's a confidence player. You know, as you said, he might nick a goal. It might be a lucky lucky finish, or it might be one you know ping it, cutting in and picking it in from twenty five yards. If he hits the back of the net, I think that's when that's when we'll start seeing the best of him. Have the same manager, the same team. They know how to do it. They don't are nervous when they are losing, and they continue playing the, in a good way. I don't think that they deserve to win today, but they play very well also. But uh, there's a lot of things that decide the results. He didn't expect. He didn't say. Wait, excuse me. He says he didn't think Bournemouth deserved to win today. 
Were they just more clinical? What was it? It was a mixture of them being more clinical and then wanting it more, particularly in the second half. I thought we were the better team in the first half, but second half, you know, we enjoyed, you know, some good spells of possession and, you know, we knocked the ball about nicely sometimes around their around their penalty area or, sort of, you know, just going into their final third, but there was no end product from us. And Callum Wilson bullied our defence all afternoon, and he, he was rewarded with a you know with, with a pretty good solo effort. So, so I, I think I think he's wrong to say that. I think Bournemouth deserved all three points on the day. Yeah, I probably agree with you. Uh, first half, I thought at half time I was thinking to myself, if we can get that second goal, we'll probably go on to win this three or four. But we know Eddie Howe; he's a really good manager. He probably got them motivated at half time, and we just weren't expecting it. We, the pace sort of caught us out in the end. Our defence sort of slow on the ball and. I don't think we deserve to win, to be honest. I, I really don't. I think Eddie Howe got it spot on in the second half. He knew what to exploit. Uh, Zabaleta looked very tired in that second half. Lack of match fitness and stuff. Um, but no, I don't think we. I don't think we deserve to win it by any means. I mean, Manuel Pellegrini also came out and talked about the first half. He said he was happy with the first 45 minutes. He thought the team played well. Didn't have too many problems defending. We dominated most parts of the game. We scored a goal and we had uh, another chance. What is it a case of the second half? Was it fatigue? Was it, you know, the players just weren't up for it? Was it Bournemouth had just been absolutely rallied on by uh, Eddie Howe in the dressing room? I'm, I'm confused. I think it's a mixture of everything. Bournemouth definitely wanted it more. You could see they were with, they were they were first to every second ball. As, as Frankie said, Zabaleta was clearly getting tired, which again kind of makes the whole Fredericks thing a little bit more baffling because he would have been a good option to bring off the bench if you weren't going to start him. We kind of ran out of ideas very, very quickly when we were knocking the ball about. Will Shearer was trying to pull the strings, but there was nothing really happening going forward, was there? Perez came on and looked sharp. I think he, he put one ball in the across the box, which you know, someone should have got on the end of. But... Bournemouth wanted it and, and as I said Callum Wilson he, he bullied Balbuena and Ogbonna he really did bully them all game and he was rewarded and, and then once once it went one all all it took was a set piece and that was one of our weaknesses last year was set pieces so to have not really str- um, strengthened I think I think it was a set piece we considered at Liverpool as well their last goal the, was it yeah, Sturridge goal yeah. so again that's two set piece goals in two games so we've got to tighten up there we've got to improve there but I, I just think we, we tailed off. I don't know whether it was a case of the players getting a little bit complacent, thinking, right, we're 1-0 up, let's just see this game out, get an early three points, get a first win under, under our belt at London Stadium this season. But Bournemouth deserved it. I mean, looking at someone like uh, Pablo Zabaleta, I mean, I presume he, he he played right back ahead of Ryan Fredericks. Was that a case of he, he knows who he, he's picking with Zabaleta? He's got a bit of loyalty behind him. You know, obviously, they won a title together at City. And Zabaleta, don't get me wrong on his day, is a, is a very, very good player. He's, you know, experienced. He knows exactly what he's doing. But was it a case of picking the right uh, the wrong man, but for, for, for wrong reasons? In parts, yeah. Yeah. Uh I think Zabaleta was probably one of our best players last season. Uh, Pellegrini was aware of that. So bringing him wasn't too unjustified. It was harsh on Fredericks because his first game in the Premier League was away at Anfield. So it would have been good to see what he could do at home with a bit more freedom to, freedom to go forwards. But I'm not sure with Zabaleta. He didn't, he didn't play, I don't think he played too poorly, to be fair. But as the game went on, he did tire. They did look quite dangerous on that sort of left-hand side. And you could see who was playing. We both played 4-4-2. You could see who was better at playing it. Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, where Pavelet, Pavelet, Zablo, Zablo Pavelet, Zablo Pavelet, yeah. Um, where where Zablo was concerned, I thought he had a, he had a very good game. And as I said, you you, you know you know we're going to get with Zablo. That's why like, he's a safe is, is that why he was picked over Ryan potentially, Fredericks? Potentially, but then again, like I said before. It's weird that Fredericks weren't even on the bench as an option because we know Zabaleta's going to get tired because he doesn't stop running. I mean, the amount of times he tracked back, at, particularly in that first half, and you know, and cut out an attack, it was no wonder he was knackered after like an hour. So to have an option like Fredericks to come off, uh, come off the bench, like it's criminal not to have him there. Criminal, but maybe I mean, you'd like to think that Pellegrini would have learnt from that. With Zabaleta, I think Pellegrini was saying that he might want to play him in centre midfield, but. I think that's just ridiculous. I don't think he could play centre midfield at all. I think playing four four two. Zabaleta. Like, Zabaleta. Yeah. I see. We were talking last week, and I and I I said Zabaleta's a holding midfielder. You think he's a holding midfielder? I, well, he was when he first came to City, and he's play. He can play centre half, holding midfielder, right back. I think as as time goes on and he gets slow, I think holding midfielder moving into that deep midfield role where he can try and control the game and dictate what's going on. Maybe do a little bit of clearing and up here and there. That that could be a good role for him. 
Okay, so if we were playing four four two like we played against Bournemouth, we I would probably we probably have Zabaleta and Jack Wilshere as our midfield two. Well, Do you no, think no, there'd no. be much I, difference? I, I didn't I didn't say that in terms of playing it in a four four two. But playing it in a in a formation where you're gonna be utilising a holding midfielder, mm. it could be worth it. Hmm. It's it's an unknown one. It'd be something you might as well try out in sort of a cup game or something like that, but coming up against Arsenal away I wouldn't change it. They might try that at Wimbledon. You never know. Yeah. I'll tell you what let's hear from um, a West Ham fan Baz we went to Liverpool last week and set up at Anfield 4-3-3 there ain't many sides who are going to get any points from Anfield and we go there attacking we play Bournemouth at home and set up 4-4-2 I think our set up's totally wrong you know, to completely and utterly bomb Declan Rice out of our squad for today not even on the bench it's a big statement to go with two midfielders there was nothing and until we brought on Sanchez late on who protected our back four and, and in that back four we've got Masuaki playing left back who is a left winger not a left back so it leaves him exposed and that's what they attack we just we had no protection and everything was getting through what do you make of that yeah that is that's a pretty good point to be fair but I just don't I just don't see how Zabaleta would fit into a midfield role in at West Ham I, I think even, he, even if he didn't I think you know there's more pertinent problems with the fact that uh, the lack of obviously Aaron Cresswell at left back I think is big playing Masuaku there I've never been his biggest fan of Masuaku I thought Baz made, a, made an interesting point about Sanchez when Sanchez came on because he's had a lot of stick hasn't he and a lot of people saw that signing coming but when he came off the bench he looked really good yeah. I thought he looked really good you know he, you know, he, as, as Baz said he, he was protecting the back four you know he was spraying balls about um, I don't think he, I think he had 100% pass success rate you know which yeah. might not you know might just sound a, a given but you know in this day and age you know to come off the bench in a game like that when you're 2-1 down and, and to, to make an impact like that I'm not saying he's the best midfielder in the world but <coughs> I think he put a lot of people uh, you know I think he proved a lot of people wrong I mean even if it was just 10 minutes but I think I think Bazzi's right on the whole in that it's almost as if he got the two tactics the wrong way round in those two fixtures you know he would have gone 4-3-3 at home to Bournemouth and, and and done it that way rather than the other way round but I think again Pellegrini's gonna you'd like to think and I trust him to, to learn from these two games and uh, and then take those into what is a difficult run of fixtures coming up for us and hopefully by then the players would have Maybe adapted, I don't know. Yeah, um, I mean, going Arsenal away, it's going to be interesting to see what he does. Uh, I don't think we'll play four four two again. No. Um, but then again, who's he going to? What's he going to? Who's he going to bring in now? Does he bring in Declan Rice again? Does he bring in Fredericks again? Does he bring in Antonio again? So, again, I think he's a bit muddled up at the moment. It's early days. He's still figuring out his best eleven, like I said. And it's just going to take time. The players aren't used to playing with each other. It's a new league. It's this new system, new manager. So. I think if we just give it a few more games, we'll probably see a bit bit more progression, a um, bit more confidence in the players, and hopefully the results will follow that. We know that we have a very tough start of the season. The seven first game, we have four against the big teams, one with Everton away, and those these two play games at home against Bolton and against Wolverhampton, that, of course, we need to add, to add points. But... You never know when you can do it, so now we must uh, wash our mind and start working to try to play a good game against Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, realistically, you guys are sitting here. You tell me, what are your thoughts ahead of Arsenal? I mean, it's not great that we're going into it with zero points. Um, and, we, I mean, we weren't dealt the, the, the easiest to start to the season. I mean, even after Arsenal, Wolves at home is not going to be great. Everton away, Chelsea at home, United at home. Brighton away. I mean, look what Brighton did at Man United. Did to Man United yesterday. That's not going to be an easy game, is it? So, going into this Arsenal game, it would have been. Not, we, everyone thought we'd have three points on the board at least, um, but we don't. We've got to deal with that. We need to react. Um, and I, as I said before, I, I'm, I'm not overly worried. But if we go there and get absolutely spanked, I think there might be a, an element of like sort of worry come in. I don't know about you, Frankie. Yeah, uh, we really struggle at Arsenal away in previous seasons, mm. um, and like like them, like us, sorry, uh, they're yet to get a point on the board, so they're going to be up for it. Um, they got some cracking strikers in Lacazette and Aubameyang, so we've got to be wary of that. And sort of pace ruined us against Bournemouth at the back, so we're going to have to be very careful in how we approach it. Um, but you never know; it's sort of the West Ham thing to do, sort of lose to Bournemouth at home and then go and beat Arsenal away. So. You never know. Never, might nick a point or come back with three. I was thinking this earlier. Do you, do you start Perez 
against Arsenal purely with the thought that he's going to want to he's got something to prove against them isn't he I mean there's no harm in trying it um, him and Wilshere will be up for it there's yeah, no, there's no yeah. doubt about that um, so we could play Perez or Arnautovic with uh, Anderson and Yarmolenko on either wing I think that could work quite well um, defensively Arsenal aren't great like us so I think if we get at Arsenal give them a game we might be surprised We've got to be got worried. You've got to be careful. I mean, we we tried going at Liverpool and <laughs> that yeah. turned out badly. But no, I, I I think starting Perez might be could could prove to be a bit of a master stroke for me. Just because, as I said, he's got a lot to prove that he didn't really want to leave, did he? He wanted to prove himself there after a good season in Spain. But he got his permanent move away, and I think he looked sharp when he came off the bench against Bournemouth. Somewhat on the decline is Mark Noble. Do you think this is the slow sort of beginning of the end for him? Well, I said at the beginning of the season that under with, with a new manager like Pellegrini um, and all the money that's, that, we, that we were seeing being spent at the club, I, I really felt that perhaps we might have already seen the last of Mark Noble. But then, you know, he was playing a lot in pre-season and I thought, you know what, he's club captain and there's so much change happened in the summer, didn't it? With, you know, with the director of football coming, Pellegrini, all that, all that money spent. That changing the captain as well and dropping Noble would have been one change too far, I thought. It took, clearly taking penalties off him and he's arguably been probably our worst performer in that central midfield over the last two games and I think that I think I would not be surprised if he was dropped against Arsenal yeah I think he has been our worst midfielder past two uh, two games but I think with Mark Noble even if he wasn't our worst midfielder he'd still be criticised as much as he is now and sort of called to be dropped uh, he, he's often a scapegoat at West Ham mm. I've always been a Mark Noble fan of what he does in midfield. I think what he does goes unnoticed a lot in midfield. And when he doesn't play, we, we usually struggle a lot in midfield. But we've got a, a couple of new midfielders now in Sanchez, Wilshere. Them two as a pair might might be better than Noble. So I think, again, it's something Pellegrini has to make a decision on soon because we can't be changing in and out. We need to find off best 11, stick with it, and I think the results will come from that. Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't disagree with you on that. And I would probably... Given the, the the role that Sanchez played and, and the impact that he had in terms of the, the job that he was doing against Bournemouth, I wouldn't be surprised if he actually started against Arsenal in place of Noble because he can protect the back four a little bit better. He's got more leg, you know, he's got a little bit more legs than Nobles. And it breaks my heart that you know we, we could be seeing the, the end of Mark Noble uh, um, as a first team sort of first name of the team sheet club captain because I love the man. He's been living the dream of every West Ham fan for the last 10, 15 years. And, but he probably knows it himself as well that perhaps we're, it's not, he's not, he's not going to be a regular starter. He might be an impact sub. He might just come off the bench for the last 10 minutes, just, you know, short, short games up a little bit. And the, I mean, I think the biggest sign yet was that, you know, they've taken penalties off him. Hmm. I mean, I, I, no one really knew why he didn't take the penalty. Um, but then I thought, you know, perhaps that's that's an early sign that he could be on his way out. Let's have a, ba- uh, a listen back to some more clips from uh, from Saturday and 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 Baz once again uh, uh, on his uh, his quite I'd, I'd say passionate phone call and passionate uh, uh, chat that he had with the chaps on Saturday afternoon and his take on the uh, the West Ham midfield situation. We we did have the ball, but we just, we just kept going sideways yeah. and and we didn't get anywhere. We didn't get through them. And, and they realised, as I said, they, they realised attacking us down a weak left side with a left back. They realised that yet they realised that Fraser could get past Abelette. And that's what they've done to their advantage. And credit to them, they created a lot of chances. We got the ball, we just went sideways because we couldn't get through and we didn't know how to. And, and at one point, we, as I say, we started 4-4-2. He makes a substitution bringing off Hernandez to bring on Yarmolenko. Two minutes later, he's then bringing off Snodgrass to bring on Perez. I don't get why you're changing forward for a winger and then a winger for a forward again. It, it made no sense to me. For me, watching that game in the ground today, we were bossed in midfield. Yeah, I think the midfield is always uh, is well, well, it's always going to be a, 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 the difference and the problem. Again, that partnership of, of Noble and Wilshire, I think everyone expected it to, to sort of come good. What we're hearing from you guys is that you reckon Noble's on the way out. I mean, anything else you, you can add to that? I don't disagree with what Baz said. Wilshire was trying to make things happen, wasn't he, in that final third, but... Again, I don't know whether it's the case if he hasn't clicked with those with, with the rest of the team yet. They're not all on the same wavelength, and I think four four two is probably the wrong way to set up at home to Bournemouth, given that they're playing four four two as well. But the only other thing to add to that midfield is that we should have spent a little bit more money on on ensuring that that midfield wasn't going to be a problem. Wilshere on a free, brilliant for me, brilliant sign, and even if you only get him for a third of a season, I think I think he when he does play, he's, I mean as we've already seen on, on Saturday. 
our, one of our best players um, but they should have invested a little bit more in midfield I think the likes of Dendonka I've been link, linked with him for ages he's ended up on loan at Wolves William Carvalho who's going on a free after he, he ripped up his contract at Sporting he's gone to Real Betis two two midfielders there that we could have really done with but then we're, we're also forgetting we've still got Pedro Obiang at the club I mean I've, I've always thought he's not bad um, he hasn't really lived up to what his potential could be uh, he's sort of in and out his form's n- never been consistent but I don't I don't mind him as a, as like mm. a holding midfielder I think he's good on the ball much better than Kiate ever was and his tackling isn't bad and his sort of awareness of the game isn't too bad so again I do agree we, it is a position we definitely need to strengthen because uh, we are light in that position at the moment and like you said Noble's sort of coming to the end of his career Declan Rice clearly isn't a holding midfielder so yeah I think we need to we definitely that should be the position we target next yeah I mean I, I, it did surprise me that we allowed Coate to go and then only replaced him with with Sanchez it did surprise me that oh, hang on you know I mean, I'm like, I've been quite impressed with Sanchez with the 15 minutes you saw on Saturday but that's I thought West Ham didn't want Coate around anymore well I mean don't get me wrong and I said this last week um, or was it the week before that you know I don't mind the fact that he's been sold because he was getting very very lazy Those last, the last two seasons very lazy very ineffective in midfield you know he didn't really know he was there sometimes but when you're clearly weak in that, in that position why are you selling someone you know you need you can need options because he's already tried two different midfields neither have worked you know, we're already running out of options in that midfield. I think it was sort of because we spent nearly 100 million, there's going to have to be a few players that leave. Mm. Um, and getting 10 mil for Chiarte, uh I think that was quite a good business for us. And it was good business business for Crystal Palace. So that deal was something that I never really thought was a bad one. But then I thought we'd replace Chiarte with someone more substantial than Sanchez, mm. a 32-year-old holding midfielder at the end of his career like Mark mm. was so it is definitely going to be a position we need to target and if we are going to push on as a club and we want to see us progress um, we need to make sure we're strengthening positions that need to be strengthened yeah I think you're uh, you're spot on with those comments elsewhere and uh, talking about Reese Oxford rumours that he now wants to stick around and fight for his place of course the transfer window closes on the 31st of uh, of the month you know in terms of the foreign transfers can you see him leaving do you want him to leave I don't think he'll leave now um, now this has all come out it seems as though he's had a change of heart and I expected him to go right at the beginning of the summer so the fact he hasn't gone suggests that maybe Pellegrini's beginning to warm to him a little bit I mean he, uh, West Ham the development squad played yesterday and he captained the team from Barbara accounts he played quite well I don't know whether that's been a factor and given the problems we've had in midfield, perhaps maybe Pellegrini's gone. That's another option for midfield, potentially, because he can play in midfield. We've seen him play in midfield for the development squad. And, I mean, he made his debut against Arsenal in midfield as well, didn't he? So, yeah. he can play centre-half. Again, he's, he's looked at it, Pellegrini, probably, and gone. Defensively, he been poor. And my midfield, I still can't make my mind up on. Reese Oxford's a, another option to have that you know if it does all go wrong then I've got I've got someone and may, maybe Reese Oxford's had a change of heart maybe he's been make, given assurances maybe I mean is it a case of he's realised that you know moving abroad may not be the best thing especially if he wants to come and try and maybe establish an international career an international football career he needs to be playing in the Premier League he's got you know an opportunity at West Ham to be playing in the Premier League Manuel Pellegrini may just give him that opportunity it's it's uh, it's a funny one it'd be interesting to know you know be a fly on the wall and find out what Pellegrini is mm said to him you know be a fly on the wall in in uh, the offices and around uh, the west ham training ground but um yeah i think i think he could probably maybe he could add something to that squad he's, he's got the ability he's got the ability to do it mm. we all like know he's got the ability. i mean i've always i've always thought that you know when he he went out to reading and then he went up to germany bold accounts he really enjoyed it over in germany i always thought oh maybe it's an attitude problem Mm. maybe it's an attitude problem you know for some reason it's not work, working out for him here but maybe Pellegrini's seen something in him and gone actually no no you're staying I don't know yeah I think attitude problems probably spot on there but I think Pellegrini's probably turned around and say look we we need a we need a holding midfielder the position you'd like to play if you want to stay and fight for your place by all means do it but show me why you want to play for this tip football club and mm. he might have had a turn of head he might have said right I'm going to put my head down now put in the work and we might see the best of Reese Oxford now. I think it'd be, if, it, if it does work out that way, then um, I'll be really, really pleased because there was all that all that hype about him after that, that debut against Arsenal a couple of years ago and whatever happened after that, no one really knows. All that 
all that talk of him going to Man United or Arsenal or Chelsea, and then he got his big contract, which was a big contract as well, it was like five or six years, wasn't it, I think. Mm. Um, and then still, he weren't getting in the team. Um, and a lot of fans really hoped that he'd be the next youth product to come through. It turned out that that was, in, that was end up to be Declan Rice. So it'd be nice to have Declan Rice and Reese Oxford in, in a starting eleven in the future. Perhaps you might not be able to come off the bench. It'd be kind of like the return of the academy, almost. I don't know what it you know, was the case of when he first broke on the scene and, you know, it, it, I guess it's always with English players, young English players, there's such this massive height over him. I think Phil Foden is, is, has had some form of uh, a hype uh, stuck in him and he's he's, he's gone and tried to... Uh, he's we, he's going to probably struggle at Man City, but I think there's more hope for Reese Oxford if he sticks around at West Ham that he'll get a game or two. He'll manage to uh, play a bit of uh, better first-team football as opposed to someone like Foden who may well struggle. But I'd like to see him do well. I think, obviously, with being the manager in place as well, Gareth Southgate, mm. someone who prides himself on, on you know, uh, uh, playing youth football or playing youth and, and promoting from within. He, he certainly may have a chance to uh, to do something. Well, he, he might have even he would have looked at Declan Rice last season and seen you know that, that it, there is an opportunity here to really stake your claim in the first team. You know, Declan Rice played thirty odd games for the first team last year, uh, and after off the back of one or two good performances, and he kept his t- kept his place. It's all all it takes. And I think maybe he's looked at him and gone, okay, if you can do it, I can do it, and maybe that's where the change of hearts happened. Pellegrini is giving giving him those assurances. So it'd be not, I mean, hopefully he starts featuring, maybe come, gets a bench appearance, and then and then goes from there. I've pulled up a piece from uh, the Telegraph, written by Ian Winrow, um, and and he talks about five problems that West Ham need to address after making a losing start to the season. The first one is the mentality uh, of the squad and said that Manuel Pellegrini conceded at time to impose his ideas, but he said that admitting he, he admitted, excuse me, that changing the the players individual mentalities to suit his philosophies and the way he wants to do things is going to be the long running test the question is again will he be given the time to do such a thing and implement his own style and implement his philosophy and implement the fact that he wants the players to play a certain way i've said this so many times that west ham have been guilty in, uh, quite a lot in the past of trying to do too much too soon and not really give give, give whoever's in charge enough time since i know they gave they probably give Belich a little bit too much time. Um, but, I mean, I know it sounds a little bit weird, but what's happened this summer is an incredible amount of change. It's quite a lot to, to happen at once. Um, and it's not just changing a number of players and getting a new manager through the door. It's also a completely different tactical approach, di- completely different mentality. This is the type of football that West Ham aren't used to, but some of those players that were already there over the last two years aren't used to playing. It's going to take a lot to change and the last thing we need now is more upheaval after the upheaval in the summer so they've just got they've got a ride with it they've got a, you know if, even if we're bottom in in the bottom three at christmas i still think they've got to ride this one out and see see where it goes because you make a change at christmas and then who'd you get back who, who'd you get in big sam's free suddenly you, you've gone full circle so I don't know. About, don't know about you, Frankie, but I'd, I'd just like us to, to see us give him time. Let him let him just do his job, and we'll go from there. Yeah, we've seen what Pellegrini can do in the past. Um, it's not one of those appointments where it's a risky one. We know his background. We know his quality as a manager. So we need to stick with him. Um, give him time to let his players adjust. Um, so, like you say, his mentality, and we will see. We will see improvements. Um, I think next season will be the best way to judge Pellegrini. So we don't need to get rid of him. Even will if we he are. still be there though? Will they, forget forget yeah. that. Say if you go on a run where you lose five on the bounce, are the board they're going to turn around and go? Well, maybe this wasn't you know the right, the best idea. I personally don't think that will happen. But if it does happen. We just got to be patient because we know the quality, like I said, Pellegrini has as a manager. And like you said, James, if we just, we're just going to bring in an Allardyce or a Moyes back in to try and keep us up. So we don't want to keep circling around back to the same old habits. Um, we need to stick with Pellegrini. We'll definitely see improvements uh, to come. Yeah, I agree. And at the end of the day, what was the point of of making this change in the summer if yeah. you're then going to make another change and you had to make the change in the but summer. we had to yeah but then if they're then going to panic after you know after a run of poor results and by all accounts he's on a big old contract so I think if they, get in that, if they look to get rid of him after six months that's a big old payoff mm. um, and I don't think David Sullivan's going to want to do that given that he's just spent 100 million quid um, on new players so 
I don't. I can't see it getting like that. Even if the, the, there is a poor run of results, I think I think the club have to just stick with him. I think the club not not just because it will make it, it makes sense in the long run. I think financially they're going to have to stick with him, and I think he'll come good. I really do think. As um, as Frankie said, we know what he's all about. We've seen him do it at Man City. We've seen him do it at Malaga and Villarreal and, and Real Madrid. You know, he, he is a good manager, but he's come into a, a club that. It wasn't just a case of coming in and and carrying on what what the other guy did before, like Moyes. He's had to come in and change everything: new coaching staff, new tactics, new players, director of football, completely new culture at the football club. Um, and this isn't just a just a quick fix. This is a big old job. It's a big old job. I think it was. I mean, I, I think any manager would have been crazy to take it. You know, he's taken it. Give him time. The question is, I mean, obviously you can't be sliding towards the, the, those bottom parts of the table again you know West Ham spent £100 million so they don't expect to, to be in a relegation battle this season they expect to be fighting mid-table settling in nicely and then building on something and, and you know they've brought the average age of the squad down they've, they're doing and they're, they're looking to, to provide a, a solid foundation to go forward on something uh, <laughs> I just don't want it to be a case of it's you know like Palace last season where they they lose seven games and they're like right what do we do now and they pull the trigger and that's it it's done because maybe Pellegrini's methods have been too much maybe he's asking too much of the players maybe the players run fit and he's running them too much we don't even know what goes on behind the scenes haven't got a clue well you know that I mean Mark Noble came out a couple of weeks ago and said that the, the contrast between the two pre-seasons this one that we've just had and last year was completely different. Like he was like this year, you actually feel like a Premier League football club on pre-season. Whereas the season before under Billich, he was like comparing them. It's no no comparison. Like this this year's been a lot better. Which says to me that the players have been unfit for a good couple of years, not up to Premier League standards. So Pellegrini's had that to deal with as well. Yeah, there is a lot for him to deal with. Um, he's coming to West Ham at a pretty low point of our club. Um, and he's got such expectation on his shoulders to sort of go on and achieve great things. Um, but it's just t- we've got to give it time. Like a lot of West Ham fans will be thinking, right, we should be 100% getting Europe this season. We should have a cup run. It should all come good instantly. But it's going to take time. Mm. Like we've got, we've spent 100 million, but not many of those have Premier League experience at all. The only ones that do are what Jack Wilshere partly Sanchez and um, Perez mm. so we do have to give these new signings time we're going to have to give Pellegrini time otherwise we're just never going to progress uh, it's just this word of a I hate we're using it but it's a project we mm. need to just we need to just wait it's, we have to get, gonna, gonna have to be patient with it and I think we will come good it's, it's a debate that's going to really sort of uh, roll on because until West Ham actually pick up some form until they, they start doing things in a way that the fans and, and again the fans are, are, I think, one of the biggest issues. You know, we talk about social media every single week on 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 these shows, on the fan shows, and and the fact is that because the fans have been given a, a, a you know sort of armor now, they've given been given ammunition to go out and have a voice and, and spray their opinion everywhere. Mm. Then one bad opinion or one bit of negativity can spread to twenty, thirty, forty thousand people. And this is what I said to you the other week. Obviously, you know you're sitting there with a positive mindset. There's going to be ten thousand other people, twenty thousand other people who are going to go. You know what? We're not having this. We're going to go to London Stadium Saturday. We're going to boo the team. We're going to do this, do that, do that, do that, do that. And then it all becomes toxic once again. I was listening to your former manager on on this station. You know, a few hours before we started. Excuse me, a few minutes before we started. In fact, Alan Kirbishley, who said. It's all to do with the atmosphere at the stadium and now they're turning around and they're blaming the pitch and they're blaming this and blaming that and blaming X, Y and Z. It's like, ugh. You can't. Uh, when Bournemouth got their se- that second goal at the weekend, I looked around and fans fans were upset but they didn't know who to blame. You can't blame the board anymore. They've spent their money. You can't blame Pellegrini yet because he's, you know, as we've already said, he's got a lot of, jo- he's got a lot of work to do, still doesn't know his strongest team. So no one really knew, what, no one really knows what to where to point the finger mm. so as we've already said we have to just you know ride this out see where it, see where it goes you never know this time in a month's t- uh, in about a month's time we might be going oh what we're all moaning about I really really hope so uh, let's talk Declan Rice he's in the midfielder he's proved it uh, he was dropped after the opening day uh, opening weekend defeat to Liverpool uh, and a poor performance rightly so in your opinion yeah um I didn't. I, I knew he probably wouldn't start against Bournemouth. 
I mean, he played. He had a spell playing holding midfield um, for the development squad, didn't he? Mm. So I thought, oh, him starting in there probably won't be a bad bad thing. But I don't know where it's just you know hasn't played at that level and going to Liverpool away and playing it for the first time in the first team is obviously not great. But yeah, I think he proved that if he is going to be in midfield, he's got a lot. He's got a lot to do. He's got a lot of work to do and a lot of improvement. But I think he's better off as centre half. Yeah, I agree with that. I think last season in that sort of back five he was really comfortable there because he was playing along two other centre halves um, and he was developing game by game he was getting stronger and we saw against Liverpool he's probably not best playing holding midfielder but then again that was Liverpool away if we played played him at home to Bournemouth in holding midfield he might have might have done a much better job we might mm. have seen a more confident Declan Rice but again it comes back to the age factor he's only 19 years old you've got to give him time to progress yeah. um, in the next few years he'll have a Sort of, he'll he'll figure out his best his best position. I I think he's centre back, um, but I think Pellegrini wanted to play him as a midfielder originally. Probably the reason we haven't got another midfielder in because he thought we've got Declan Rice that can play midfield, Reece Oxford, Josh Cullen, those sort of players. But Declan Rice is an interesting one because I think he's probably the one to get more excited about when you're comparing him and Oxford right now. Yeah, yeah, I'd I'd, I'd like to see. I mean, given our, our defensively we've not been great, I'd like to see him perhaps be handed a start alongside either Balbuena or, or Ogbonna at centre half um, and see whether you know. I know he was used to playing in the back three. We're going to be playing a definitely playing a back four this season. That's that's Pellegrini's way. So it'll be interesting to see how he gets on alongside just one centre half rather than the two. If that's going to be his position. But um, I think we've 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 seen that he's he's not a midfielder. I think it was very very harsh that he was dropped out of the whole match day squad, as we've already seen, as we've already said. But um, and I was thinking the other day, perhaps the whole contract situation has that caused him to lose a little bit of focus. Is it taking his off the ball a little bit? He still hasn't got a new contract. We're, we're led to believe that that's because um, the club offered him a uh, it was a woeful offer. Mm. given the season he had last year and he's quite rightly turned that down and asked for more money deserves more money given the season he had and the, the, you know how young and um, promising he is so maybe that's got in the way of it I don't know but in terms of of, of the back line who do you see as, as your strongest back line or the, the most consistent back two especially that you want to see who, who are they? I mean it's still unknown to me because we haven't seen Diop play he was mm. brought in for what 20-25 million he's yeah. still young um, Balbuena I think he's all right. I think I don't. I don't think he's that bad, to be honest. Um, I think he's going to have to sort of take time again to adjust. But then you've got Ogbonna. He's probably going to be starting this season just because of his Premier League experience. He's been here for a few years now. So then you've got Declan Rice, Balbuena, and Diop to choose from, sort of back there. And then again, Reece Oxford if he's going to battle for sort of centre half or holding midfielder. Away to Arsenal, I'd probably want to see Declan Rice and. Either Balbuena or Ogbonna. I was going to say though, my my point that I was going to build on was, should West Ham maybe look to build their centre half pairing on Declan Rice and a partner in terms of he could be the new long term sort of figurehead at the back, someone who's going to consistently do it, who's going to be that that number one guy. Oh, I mean, I wouldn't be averse to it, but at the same time, they've spent what is it twenty. No, near thirty million quid on two centre halves mm. this summer. So already you, you know that's not in Pellegrini's mind to do that. But I mean, perhaps it would it'd be nice to see Declan Rice in the starting lineup every week because we all love to see a, a, an academy product come through and stay in the first team. That's why everyone fell in love with him last year because he came in and did so well. It'd be nice maybe to see to see whether he can hold down the first team spot in that role again. But it's a different ball game when it's just you and another one rather than in the back three. Again, he's got. You know, he'll have to adapt again, like having to adapt to a holding midfield role, which didn't didn't work out very well. So, I don't know. I'd like to see him. I, th- I think he's, he probably is the future of the, of the team in the, in that respect. But maybe it's a little bit too early for him to to be playing in that role under Pellegrini. So he's going to play. Maybe he might just play a bit part role this season, a little bit less game time than last year. But at the same time, get a better education. Um, I'd like to think that that's it, but where Balbuena is concerned, I think I think Balbuena looks, looks quite a good signing. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, he's not he's not young either. He's 26. He's an experienced centre back. So maybe playing Balbuena alongside Declan Rice or a Diop, we might might have a bit more success. Um, mm. But then again, I've sort of rated Ogbonna quite highly as one of our centre backs. Um, I think he's done well since he's come to West Ham. 
so dropping him would probably be a bit harsh but based if he's if Pellegrini's going to base it on a performance by performance basis like he did with Liverpool um Oldbourne probably deserves to be dropped because of how he played so I think Diop does need a chance to be sort of given a chance in this team because he's come in for a lot of money and he still hasn't played a Premier League game. I think Arsenal probably be a game too early for him. Uh, I think Wolves Why? at home... Why? They're, they're not exactly high on confidence. Yeah, but you look at Arsenal's attack. They sort of they could have scored four goals away at Chelsea in sort of 10-15 minutes of play. And against West Ham, they will score four goals in 10-15 minutes of play if we defend like that again. Um, but I think bringing Declan Rice in isn't a bad shout for for Arsenal away. I think you're right what you said about Diop. I think after how we threw Declan Rice in at the deep end at, in, a, in, a, in a, you know at Anfield to do the same to Diop at the Emirates would be. I mean, I don't like the idea of that at all. Mm. It's going to be. I reckon it'll be Balbuena and Abonner again for Ars- the Arsenal game. I don't think I don't see him changing that partnership. Mm. Um, and I, re- I, I keep saying, I mean, Balbuena is a, a, a solid player, but I think Diop's a more ball-playing centre-half, from what I hear. He's, you know, you know, he's more playable out from the back, and, and so interesting to see when when the right time for him to come in is, um, or is he just brought in? I know he costs a lot of money, but is he just brought in this year, a bit of a bit part player, and then grow into the team? next year let's look ahead to that Arsenal game Unai Emery and co haven't had the best of starts what do you make of his appointment first and foremost um, I think it's a good appointment uh, definitely need to change at Arsenal um, I think it's, a, it's sort of a similar situation to us he needs time uh, he's played what Manchester City and Chelsea in his first two games so you're going to have to give him time um, from what I've seen from Arsenal they haven't played particularly bad I think just Man City sort of in a league of their own right mm. now Um Stamford Bridge never really gets success there so I think Emery's a good appointment um, but again he's it's his first season in the Premier League it's his first season with his new squad it's, new, it's sort of it's, it's, it's a lot to do with adaptation uh, new environment so he's going to have to sort of take time to get used to the Premier League but I think I think Arsenal will do quite well this season Yeah as you said I mean it, what's happening at Arsenal is almost identical to what's happening at West Ham in that Apart from the fact that their manager left after what's it, 22 years rather than six months, but um, I think you know a lot's happened there. They've brought in five or six new players. It's a completely different style of football that a lot of those players won't be used to. Um, different philosophy, different you know methods going on behind the scenes. Same thing that's happening at us, uh, to us, and they've had a harder start than we than we have. You know as, as Frankie said, Man City league of their own. Chelsea always strong at home, regardless of who's in charge. So, but at the same time, I think you, you saw signs in that Chelsea game that they're, they're beginning to click a little bit, weren't they? They had that fifteen-minute spell where they, you know, they should have scored two or three at least. So, if if they if they can make that tick at the Emirates on Saturday, then you know we're going to need to find a way of keeping them quiet. And that's where my, that's why I'm a little bit worried about it because what are you worried about? Because look, they've got. I'd say a, a, a weak core. I mean, Socrates is is not the best of signings for them. Uh, they they keep playing this Gendozi. Um, looks you know, good though. Yeah. Gendozi. Yeah, he looks good. Yeah. he's been he's been one of their best players over the last two games. I, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I'm surprised that Torreira hasn't had more minutes. They're saying he's yeah. unfit, but you know, a lot of Arsenal fans are, are really raving about him. Um, I think they're weak at right back as well. I think Bellerin has just been on some serious decline over the past couple of years. And unless they play Licksteiner or going to West Ham, I think West Ham will have a lot of joy down that flank. But I don't see Arsenal as that much of a threat, you know, with with Aubameyang again. How many chances do you miss? I I, I get the feeling Aubameyang is going to be a flat flat track bully. Do I really do. I, I just think he's he's, he's never going to turn up in the big games, and he's always he scored a couple against us last year. Was it two? I know he got at least one. Yeah. In that four-one win, I don't think he scored against any of the big clubs. That was he mm. when he came in after he came in, in January. So, but what, one thing I noticed with Arsenal is that Özil, even under a new manager, still non-existent. Yeah. Would you make of him? I mean, still non-existent. For me, is, I would have sold you know, him. Yeah. <sighs> They paid what is it forty forty two million pounds for him? You know, a long time ago. It wasn't even just recently. It was a long time ago they signed him. I can't think of him doing anything brilliant. I don't really. For me, I think it's too many headlines. For me, he represents 
the old the negativity of the old era too much to still be there you know he got a lot of sticks towards the end of that Wenger reign um, too lazy not trying letting the team down and I, I mean I thought I thought perhaps new manager comes in different philosophy he might, he might sort of have a new lease of life but you know just nowhere to be seen completely too too lazy for me and I mean I would have I would have sold him I mean they've still got what a week 10 days to do that so they won't, get they won't do it now no. but if you can if you can exploit that a little bit and I, I don't know I, I, as we've already said I, I can see a, it wouldn't surprise me if we went there and got a result mm. but at the same time it's going to be very difficult given that we don't we we don't even know what our best 11 is we don't know where our strengths are as such so it's going to be difficult I mean touching on Meza Ozil um, I think on his day he is an outstanding footballer mm. but I think the consistency has always been his issue and since he's come to Arsenal he's never really found a consistent run of form where he's sort of put back like three, three or four really really outstanding games uh, to make us think like wow what a player it's always been one game in and then five, six, seven games out. So I think Arsenal, they should really target that position. They should sort of look to find a suitable replacement for Ozil for the next sort of coming seasons. Um, but who's going to buy him for the money they paid for him? They won't, they won't get a fraction back. I think they I think they would get buyers for Ozil just because of his name and what he's, what he's done in the past um, and what he can produce on his day. If he got a fresh start at a club, they'll probably think we might be able to get the best out of him. So it's probably worth the gamble for, say, 30 mil I think I think that would probably be a justified price tag for him right now but I think he likes Arsenal I think he wanted to, wants to stay at Arsenal he's sort of fighting for his spot there and they don't really have much more else other than Mkhitaryan they've got Awobi mm. who I don't think's great so right, no. it, um, it, yeah there's definitely room to exploit in Arsenal but we do have to be wary of their attack because on their day they can be very lethal The Opposition View on Love Sport yeah, time for your opposition view. Let's talk to uh, Giles from our Arsenal fan show, A Little Bit Arsenal. Uh, Giles, how are you, pal? You all right, Aaron? How's it going, mate? All good, mate. All good. I'm here with James uh, and Frankie from uh, West Ham. I mean, look, Giles, let's be fair. You know, it, it, it's been a baptism of fire for Unai Emery. Um, mm-hmm. It's been a tough one for for Manuel Pellegrini at West Ham United as well. What can we expect from this fixture on Saturday? Well, I think it's going to be quite an explosive London derby, actually. Um, like you said, two we've both managers have, haven't started at auspiciously. We're both in the relegation zone early on. But um, I think, um, you know, most Arsenal fans would have said, get these two first games out of the way um, as season starts with West Ham. Hopefully, uh, we can um, see a bit more fruits of uh, Uma Emery's labour in terms of our style and philosophy, and, and I'm hoping we can come away with a home win. George, how does it feel to be in a relegation six-point at West Ham at the weekend? <laughs> oh, mate, um, you know, it's a new experience. It's a new experience, so, you know, we're just going to take it in our stride, and uh, so it goes, how about you guys? Well, I mean, it's, it's nice to... Nice to have you join us in our world for once. It's quite um, we're, we're looking forward to it. But I mean, where do you? I mean, you must have. I don't know how much of West Ham you've seen under Pellegrini this that so far this season, and what you would have seen wouldn't have been too encouraging. But do you see any see, see any part of West Ham that you think might be able to hurt Emery's Arsenal at the weekend? Um, I think Arnautovic might be a handful. He's, I mean, I don't know how he started this season, but definitely last season he was uh, on fire for you guys. He was almost like your talisman at times. Mm. Um, also, obviously, the return home of uh, Jack Wilshere. We don't know how he'll, how he'll um, perform, but I'm sure he'll be up for it. Um, I don't know. I think I, I haven't watched much of West Ham this season, but I, I, I have a feeling your defence is um, a bit shaky. It's probably... Um, you know, it's, it, it's probably, you know, a lot of leaks. It's probably a lot of um, encouragement um, for Arsenal players mm. to sort of, like, take advantage of that situation there. But, yeah, I think on, on Nortovic, prof- I mean, I was very surprised that you guys got Felipe Anderson from, from Lazio. I think it'll be a great buy. Obviously, Wilshire's there. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. We got Lucas Perez from you for four mil. What do you make of that? Oh, do you yeah. think you were right to let him go to us? Um, you know what, I thought it was very unfortunate, this, his circumstances. He came to Arsenal, he was way down the, 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 the transfer list of targets. Um, mm. He wasn't really given much of an opportunity by Arsene Wenger, making me think that probably he wasn't his man. Um, he went off to Spain last season, I think he did all right. Um, it's a new challenge for him. Four million for us, I think we just needed to get him off the books and get something in, yeah. some money in. But um, yeah, he wasn't going to play much and... Um, 
you know, you know, could start afresh at West Ham. Hopefully not on Saturday. Do you think he's got a lot to prove? Um, po- possibly for himself, because he, like I said, he didn't have, he's not had much of a chance in the English Premier League, and um, you know, at a club like West Ham. Um, where you know Pellegrini will, will obviously seen something in him mm. um, that he can work with. Obviously, I, I don't know where you guys are playing, but I, I think he's good coming off the left-hand side of attack. Yeah, um, you know he's a sharp shooter. He's you know he's very quick, very quick backlift, um, good quick thinker. I think he could do well if given the the the, the, the right circumstances and opportunities. Talk, talk about Jack Wilshire. Um, you know, what is it just over ten years at Arsenal, and he he, yeah. he felt as if he'd been, he wasn't going to get the opportunity. And uh, you, were you gutted to see him leave the club in in the summer? Heart, my heart really went out for him. I mean, uh, you know, you know, he's a, he's an Arsenal lad. I know he's a West Ham lad, but you know, he was with us for ten years from his formative years. And uh, you know, my heart really sank when he went. But I can understand the reasons. Um, he. he Emery wants a certain kind of player to fit into his system, and you've got to have the energy to get up and down. Mm. Um, he wants—I mean, the current Arsenal side—he wants them to run half a mile and more each play individually. Wilshire, um, I think he struggles, or he struggled to to, to do that. I think he, he was omitted from Jack, uh, from Gareth Southgate's squad because the energy levels wasn't up to what Gareth Southgate expected. Uh, I think it's a new start at West Ham. Hopefully, he does well there. But I, I can understand the reasons for Emery saying, "Look, you know, you just—I don't see you fitting into what I'm trying to to, to employ here." Yeah, I mean, on to Arsenal and and this and in your season. What, given that it's a new era, um, and after everything that happened with Wenger, particularly towards the end of his his reign, mm. I mean, what? What is the expectation for Arsenal fans this year? Are you expecting to get straight back in the top four, or do you just got to give it a little I bit of time? I would love us to get back to the top four, but it's going to take like, it's going to take time, and I'm, and I'm sure the same. You could say the same with, with with Pellegrini. It's going to take time. Nothing happens overnight. We've, you know, there's a lot to undo for Emery. What, what, what you know, he's, he's got a lot to pick up, and he's got a lot of things to undo. We're playing a, a slightly different style. We're trying to play out from the back. We're, you know, we're trying to progress the ball through the third. We, 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 you know, we're trying to press. Um, cohesively, you know, coordinated and whatnot. So there's there's lots of new sort of like um, kinks and clinks and tactics going into it. Small details going into it. So it's going to take time. Um, uh, you know, it, it, if we get top four, that would be an added bonus. But this is a this is going to be a free at least a three year project to see you know to get us back to being you know challenging. For, for for the Premier Premiership honours. How long, how long before the fa- the fans start getting a bit restless if it doesn't if he doesn't get it right though? <sighs> wow, well, this is it, isn't it? Fans, you, know, you can never predict what the fans. Think. I mean, I would hope, I would hope you'd give him they give him at least eighteen months, at least eighteen months. There's a lot, mm. there's a lot to do. I mean, he, he, it's not his players he's got here. You know, like, like Pellegrini's gone out, he's bought what, seven players or something like that. Yeah, nine players. Nine players, so he's, he's got like maybe uh, you're talking about nearly a third, of, over a third of the squad is his. Emery's not got that, not had that sort of luxury. He, you know, he's he's working essentially with a lot of um, the old guard, the old regime. So we've got to be patient. We've got to be patient. You know, um, and Man City game was a was a free hit. We knew we were going to get beaten. Um, Chelsea game, I thought we could have got something out of it. I was a bit disappointed to be honest. I was over there at Stanford, which I thought we could have got something out of it. Um, but, you know, we go on. We, we, we go on. I mean, you mentioned patience. Um, how much longer does Meza Ozil have at Arsenal Football Club? What's sort of going on there at the moment? Um, I would say he's got a lot of work to do in terms of um, impressing Emery. I mean, Emery's, you know, the first game, Emery's sort of like, Said, you know, after the first game, he said, "Look, you know, he's uh, he's struggling to probably uh, adapt to the sort of philosophy that I want." Chelsea game, he's hooked him in the second half because you know he, he really could. I mean, even in his preferred role of number ten, he really wasn't effective. He didn't, you know, he didn't press. He didn't defend as well as Emery expected. So it's 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 going to be you know interesting to see how that develops. He's going to Emery's certainly stall out, and it's going to be up to um, Ozil to step up and adapt, improve, and impress Emery, because mm. as the way I see it, we've got, we've got Mkhitaryan who could also play number 10. So we're not, you know, we're, uh, all our hopes aren't hinged on Ozil playing number 10. We've got Mkhitaryan that could also play number 10. Now I think might fit better in, might, at this moment in time, probably might be better suited for Emery's system 
that he wants to play, but time will tell. Yeah, certainly. Uh, Giles, give us a, uh, a score prediction for the weekend, pal. Be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Last time I was nice, you looked beat us 2-0. Um, <laughs> Do it again. But <laughs> no, I think I, I, I would hope uh, 3-1. West Ham. But I wouldn't be surprised if uh, home win. Okay. <laughs> home win. Um... <laughs> Yeah, Giles, one more from me on uh, mm-hmm. on Unai Emery. There's some interesting points, I believe, that have been raised tonight on the television by uh, by Gary Neville about Unai Emery and his style and how he shouldn't have to adapt his mm-hmm. methods, uh, you know, to suit the players. Um, can you see? Can you draw comparisons uh, with 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 Manuel Pellegrini and him at West Ham United and the fact that he shouldn't have to do that as well? Um. Yeah, I, I can understand, um, but I don't know what West Ham's situation is. I don't know what their fans are like. I don't know, you know, if, they're as pat- if they'll be as patient. But I think when you have a manager, you know, who's experienced, I mean, Pellegrini's hugely experienced. He's won the Premier League. He knows what he's doing. So you've got to give him time. If, if, if he's saying, this is my blueprint, this is the way I want us to play, then the players have to adapt to it. If you're not, it's either sheep up or ship out. It's as, it's as simple as that because, you know, um, you can't, you can't like, like Gary Neville said, you can't pander to players. Once you pander, you've lost the dressing room and you, you just can't have that. So, yeah, you, you, you've got to be strong-willed. You've got to be, you've got to be definitive. You've got to be direct. You've got to be clear and concise about what it is you want from the players. And if, it, if, if they start seeing results, they'll follow you. You reckon, I, I see it, you reckon he'll come good, though? Who? Pellegrini? Both. <laughs> um... I think Emery will come good. I think Emery will come good. He's going to take, he's going to take a few windows. He's going to take a few windows to get the players that he wants. But you know, um, slowly but surely, it's all in the details. Hopefully, we'll start seeing a plan and a way of playing, and you know, it just progresses from there. But it's, it's going to take time, Aaron. Brilliant stuff. Thank you very much, Charles, for joining us. It's Charles from now Arsenal fan chat. A little bit Arsenal. Talk to us now about the uh, the game on Saturday. It's a three o'clock kickoff at the Emirates. Are you going? I'm not. I'm in the home end. Oh, oh no. Yeah. You, don't, you can't disclose that on the radio. No. No. You're, you're going with a friend, <laughs> aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're going with a friend. Yeah. I How did. Uh, I've got work, uh, which is annoying. But I, I once did home end at Tottenham at Wyatt Lane. We got beat 4-1. And I, I've, already, I've already said I'll never do it again because it was the worst experience of my life. See, I've done. Tot- I've been in tot- with a top Spurs mate in the home end and it was when we won 2-1. Oh. I mean, one nil down. I think. Medivh Omega got the yeah. winner. Yeah, that game. That was, so that was I a thought, good time. But give it another go. <laughs> go for it. Go for it. Never know. So, how do you expect uh, West Ham to line up? It's a strange one because, as we as we know, Pellegrini doesn't really know as strong as eleven yet. I I would be surprised if he stuck with the four four two. He might. Uh, I, I mean, I don't really know. It's, Again, it's, unpredict- it's unpredictable, isn't mm. it? No one really knows what's going to happen. Still, after two games, we don't really know what what, what his decisions are going to be. Everyone was surprised with, with him leaving so many players out of the match day squad and changing it again. I'd like him to sit, like to see him start Yarmolenko. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see him pot- potentially g- give Sanchez a go with Wilshere in the middle. Um, but then there's not anything else I would change. What formation do you think we'll play? Do you think we'll sort of go with four three three like we did at Liverpool, or sort of a four two three one with more of an attacking? I'd like to see a four two three one because you you do have that extra protection. Yeah. But again, but then who, who do you play? Is that as sort of do you play Sanchez and then or do you play Obiang, Sanchez and Wilshere? Or I mean, I'm, I'm leaving Noble out because I don't think he'll start. Mm. I, I, I want to see Yarmolenko out, out there on the right. Because I really think he can, if he, if you play him from the start, I really think he can cause problems. Yeah, I think we might see like a sort of four-four-one-one, maybe either Perez or Hernandez just off Arnautovic, mm. and then we'll have Anderson and Yarmolenko either side, and then like you said, Wilshere and probably Sanchez or Noble in midfield. Um, but defensively, it was pretty hard to call who's going to be playing centre back, isn't it? It is. I th- I, again, I, d- I don't think he's going to change the, the back the, the back the back two. Uh, the, the two centre centre halves. Mm. I think it will be be Balbuena and Ogbana. I like the look of Balbuena. I think he's going to be a threat from set pieces. Um, he's big. He's strong. Mm. Probably. I know he missed one of those tackles when Callum Wilson ran through, but I think that's just him. Maybe sort of not quite 
get into grips with the speed yeah. of the Premier League and I think he'll learn pretty quickly on that front but then who starts Fredericks or, or Zabaleta I'd like to see Fredericks given a go again mm. um, yeah I put I think I'd start Zabaleta just because of, like you said, experience. But then again, Arsenal's pace could cause him problems. So it's sort of. But then we saw Frederick, so he didn't really deal with the pace of Liverpool. So mm. I think Fredericks does need to, just time to sail in. I don't think I'd throw him in at Arsenal. I'd play him at Wolves at home. But I'd probably stick with Zabaleta right back and then bring Fredericks on sort of 65 minutes in for a bit of legs back there. And yeah. then Mazawaku or Cresswell. As much as I like Masaraka, and I know he can dribble with the ball pretty well and, and that, but I just I, I prefer Cresswell. I think mm. Cresswell's a much safer pair of hands. He, you know, he can get forward, but he's a, he's a better defender than yeah. than Masaraka, You know, so I'd put Cresswell back in there. I think he's got he's got to make these sort of changes. He's got to, he's got to try the, make these switches to really work out what his best eleven is going to be. Mm. Um, and you know, if you do that. At Arsenal away, and it doesn't work, then you know you. We, I know it sounds silly, but we weren't expected to win there anyway. So yeah. as long as you don't concede too many goals, like you did, like we did at Liverpool. Yeah. But if you you know if you go to Arsenal, experiment a little bit, doesn't work. Okay, well that was a write off anyway. That game. Mm. At least then you go. You can go into Wolves. Wolves at home with a much better idea of how we're going to line up. Yeah, I mean, it probably we could even play Creswell left back and sort of put Mazuaku just in front of him playing mm. left wing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's a difficult one. Chaps, give us a score prediction for each. I'm gonna go one all, <sighs> two all, two all. Mm-hmm. That's a risky one. That really is. Uh, three o'clock kickoff: Arsenal versus West Ham United. Gents, it's been an absolute pleasure. Catch you next Monday. Fingers crossed. We have some better news for you. Fingers crossed. Sports Social Podcast Network.